Hello, my lovely listeners. This is Black Girls Rock. I'm your host, Anon Masiri, and this is a podcast where I'm going to be talking to my friends about black girls playing rugby and our experiences within the community and generally just black girl magic. You can check us out on Instagram at Black Girls Rock. That's R U C K. Or you can send me an email to blackgirlsruck at gmail.com. I'd love to get any feedback, any suggestions, and just talk to as many people as possible. I'm lucky enough to be joined by the amazing Simi, who plays for Bristol Bears, and the equally amazing Jessie, who plays with me at Hackney. Hi, Simi and Jessie. Hi, Anne. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Good, thanks. Yeah, I'm well, thanks. Um, Jessie, just to remind everyone from the last episode, who are you? I'm still Jessie. I play rugby with Anne for Team Hackney. Um, and we've played together for about two years now um, since I joined, or since she came back from her really traumatic hand injury. <laughs> the one that everyone knows about. <laughs> and Simi, nice to meet you. This is your first time on the podcast. Hopefully it is. First time of many. Um, oh, tell us a bit sure. about you. My name is Simi. Um, I play rugby. I play rugby for Bristol Bears Women. I've been playing now for two and a half years and I'm honoured to be a guest. Oh, you're... When I saw that you followed me on Twitter, I was like, oh my God, she's like a proper prem player. Like, I... Oh, just, like, oh my God. An actual like, professional. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> sort of like me, just like playing, like skipping around a field for the game. Like, <laughs> it was really like, wow. Um, so, what do you do outside of rugby? Um, I am a doctor. Navigating through this pandemic, I play rugby, like, in my spare time, I still work 48-hour weeks, most of the time, give or take. Um, so, <laughs> it's not always 48-hour weeks, but it can be. Um, so, I play rugby in my, in my free time, um, but between the two of them, I have no, I have no life. It's... <laughs> Work, rugby, rugby, work, work, rugby, rugby, work. A bit of sleep, a bit of food, but those are my two main things. But obviously with um, this lockdown and the pandemic now, rugby's not happened. So it's just been work and work has been interesting. It's been a lot of changes. It's been, you know, a bit, I don't want to say scary, but like, you know, sometimes you deep it and you're like, bro, (laughs) this thing isn't a joke. Um, But... I just you have to face your front and you have to just carry on and that's it so yeah it's been interesting the hardest thing for me actually though is that I've not had an outlet so like I've not had rugby you wake up go to work you come back and you're just on a treadmill but I try not to complain because some people have you know not been earning money you know having all sorts of uncertainty going forward about you know what their life is going to look like so I've been fortunate that I still have a job, I still get paid, I don't have to worry about all that stuff. So it swings and roundabouts for everybody, isn't it? That's a really like, nice and selfless way to look at it. I think I've been really lucky. I've just been sat at home working. It's like, oh, this is a bit annoying that I'm in my flat. And you just forget how intense it is for other people and also how long it's gone on for. And I guess especially yeah. like at the very beginning, when there's just so many unknowns, no one knows how bad it's going to get, like how long it's going to last. It's just, yeah, quite a daunting thing. Have you been able to um, start up like doing any rugby stuff now that things are getting back to normal-ish a bit? So like, 
uh, have you gone back to like doing any training or like anything like that? Yes, yeah, so I've been, I've been training locally, so where I am, we haven't I haven't trained with any of my teammates who so luckily for me two of them are local, so we meet up and train at a local um rugby club. But we haven't had a group like Bears training session at our HQ since March now. We are starting to get a bit of structure back. It's quite nice to have like some dates in the future to look forward to, but it is all subject to change. If there's another outbreak, if anything happens, then, you know, it's back to square one. So fingers crossed. Jesse, do you find that you're like able to motivate yourself the same way, like during lockdown as you did like during the season? Um, I started off really motivated because I was on furlough for about 12 weeks. So I suddenly had all this time. And my excuse normally for not doing that much exercise or training is because my work's quite intense, um, does quite intense hours. So suddenly having all this time, I had no excuse. So I was literally doing exercise every day, felt the best ever. But then I got called back to work and it has all fallen by the wayside. So I, I have a lot of catching up to do. I'm not very good at motivating myself unless I've got a lot of time and no excuse or a really big incentive yeah it's something I'm working on so let me talk you through pre-covid let me talk you through my week so I work if I'm if I'm lucky I'm working nine to five sometimes I work you know the more unsociable shifts and those are the ones where I can't go to training because it'd be like till 10 p.m so if I'm working nine to five then I finish and I currently work an hour and a half away from Bristol so training will start like we usually start about six but we won't start training on the pitch until seven so i'll finish work if i'm lucky i'll finish work at five but that is always you know up in the air you don't know what's going to happen so if i'm lucky i'll finish at five i'll run to my car throw something in my mouth drive the hour and a half to bristol run out get changed run onto the pitch i'm already a bit late train for however long it is so we finish at what half eight then what i found was beneficial for me because i was because i was missing so much little stuff like what i found would work for me was i'll do half an hour of extra skills with one of the coaches so we finish group training i stay out for an extra half an hour doing like one-on-one skills and stuff then go back into change room get showered eat um because they give us food after training and then i'll leave Bristol at about half nine to get back to where I am at about 11 and I did that at least twice a week and then on game day on Saturdays as well so <laughs> that was my week and so you I mean it doesn't sound that fun it's really <laughs> it's really not because that's like in a perfect setting where I finish work on time I have food in my car there's no traffic I've not forgotten my sports bra or my boots. Like, that's like the most perfect of scenarios. But in reality, I don't finish at five. There's traffic. I don't have any food. I need a wee, but I've not got time. So I've got to run into the car and just kind of hold it for an hour and a half. <laughs> like, and then, you know, you finish training and you're like, my eyes are just drooping. And it's just like, bruv, how am I going to do this drive now? Um, to the point where I've got, <laughs> I've got these two friends in Bristol where there's been a couple of times where I've just been like, listen, I have to sleep on your sofa tonight. I'm very sorry. Like, I can't face the drive back today. And they're like, yeah, no brother. So it's been, it's been challenging at times trying to fit it all in. But where well, there's a will, there's a way. We move. Mm. 
do all of your teammates also work full time like is that quite standard for the Bristol Bears yeah pretty much um either full-time workers or students um we've only got well we've got two players who are like full-time rugby players because they're in the England 15 squad so that's Sarah Byrne and Amber Reid um but everyone else bar them pretty much work full-time or a student so this isn't unique to me um yeah. we all have to and one of the other girls who's on the team is also a doctor who also works where I work so it's like it's mad but part of the fun is finding out ways to make it work and actually that helps with sort of the satisfaction factor like when things started going well and it's just like yeah I I've made this work and like you almost like enjoy enjoy the sweet spells a lot more because you know how hard it's been to actually pull yourself through how like the logistics of actually making it work. Yeah, because it's not like you're combining medicine with painting class. Like, both your two main time things are so intense. Like, it's really, really put everything on your plate. But that's amazing like, to be able to maintain it all. I do two things that want me to give them both their undivided attention, but I can't do that for either of them. But I would be miserable if I wasn't a doctor and I'd be miserable if I didn't play rugby. So between those two things, I have to just find some sort of happy medium Jesse is in love I can just see it Jesse is absolutely in love with you I just don't know how you do it I need like 12 hours sleep every day do you ever find that like when you're playing a game and there are injuries that you're a bit like oh gosh I should fix it and you have to take a step back or do you actually even ever get asked to be involved and like sort people out but it's like nope not a doctor today that's a great question I keep saying I keep saying to the team I'm like listen when I'm in Bristol I'm not a doctor for like I don't know anything if you need <laughs> help seek it from elsewhere because it's not me like and luckily we've got our medical team there but I'm the complete opposite like when I'm not at work I, I'm not at work like <laughs> obviously like if it was that bad and they needed someone then fine but <laughs> fine. I, find it, I find it very easy to detach that yeah. side of me as soon as I as soon as I get into the car it's like okay medicine that's done now I'm gonna just go play rugby and because yeah rugby is my my release it's my it's my way of handling the stress at work so I like to leave work where it is and when I'm playing rugby it's like right I'm playing I'm training I'm enjoying my time here I'm enjoying being around all my teammates and stuff like that I don't just go there and I'm just like oh my god I remember oh you've got injury (laughs) just wearing your bag (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so oh so sometimes when I'm running late, um, like so if I'm on time, what I'll do is I'll get changed before team meeting. But sometimes if I'm running late, I just have to go straight into team meeting in my workwear. And I was, <laughs> there was one time where I was, because on my lanyard, it's like it's got the NHS badge, got my name badge, it's got my ID and it's we, you get a stamp. So when I sign like my entries in the notes and stuff, I sign it and then there's a stamp that says Dr. Sidney Pam and it's got my GMC number. So that's on my badge as well. And one of the, <laughs> one of my teammates saw it, she's like, what is this? And I was like, oh God, here we go. And she stamped it on her hand. She's like, bro! And so <laughs> she just got it and started stamping everyone. And it was just like, wow, you're exactly... And I was like, relax. <laughs> so I usually try it and get changed out of all of my stuff. Or I'll come in and people are like, oh my God, you look so professional. 
wow <laughs> don't be so <laughs> surprised <laughs> don't expect me to look when I go to work <laughs> uh, did you you said that you've been playing for two years so did you go straight into Bristol Bears like playing premiership or did you have like a time in like community I don't know yeah. how do you describe like Hackney lower not lower level that's different level sure. Like grassroots. Grassroots, that's the yeah. word. Thank you. <laughs> um, so how I got into rugby, I, so I've always been into sport. I've mm. done sport since I was like three. It's always been my thing. It's always been my family's thing. So sport is not new to us. But the sport I've done has changed over the years. So I used to do track and field. I used to be um, a shot putter. That was like my main thing. That was what I was like. I was going to go to the Olympics. Like, that was my thing. I was like, I'm going to be an Olympian. But, did you do that? Like, so I, I, I used to dominate. Sorry, I'm just blown because I used to no, dominate shot put on sports day. Come and on. I, I was just never encouraged to, like, go forward into it. No. So, like, did you do it, like, more? Like, outside yeah. of... Oh, I'm so jealous. So, my yeah. main thing was, like, so I used to, um, at sports days in school, I used to win the 100 metres every single year. Like, I used to beat the boys. Like, I was fast. Everyone was like, bro, you need to run. And I was like, okay. So <laughs> I did track and field, and I started off as a 100-metre sprinter. Um, but the way the athletics day is set up is that the first event is 100 metres, and then the last event is the 4 by 100 relays. Well, that's 4 by one is penultimate um, event. So you do the first event, and then you've got the penultimate event. Those are the only two things I did. So you've got all this space in the middle of the day, just like you, you're walking around supporting your friends, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, and at sort of my age, so I started athletics when I was 13. At that age, competitions, it's about like points. And the number of people you get in the events and where they finish gives your team points. And the team with the most points wins, you know, the day. Mm. So there was one day where I was there, you know, did my 100 metres and did my four by one. But they were like, oh, Simi, one of the girls doing shot put is, is ill, so she can't make the competition. Do you mind just stepping in and just, just getting a valid throw just to get us some points? Because, you know, we just need the points. And they were like, because it's in the middle of the day, it's not going to disrupt either of your events. Like, would you mind? And I was like, yeah, sure, no problem. Blah, 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 blah. Um, so I did this competition. And I threw further than both of the two girls that throw regularly for, oh my God. for our, our club. So <laughs> they were like, Ooh, you're going to do this from now on? And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but I didn't want to say no, because obviously like, you don't want to say, like, you want to help the team out. But then as I did it more, I got better at it. So that first year, I ended up qualifying for nationals for shot put. Um, and so I went and then one thing led to another and I ended up stopping 100 meters and just doing shot full time so I did shot for about nine years ended up being um and I was good like at age groups like I medaled at national level I had a few internationals for age groups like I was doing well then I got injured um I was injured for about two years total um and then by the time I got back from injury it was time for me to go to uni and my home is Peterborough and my uni is Bristol so they're about three and a half hours away from each other. So I had to find a whole new coach, whole new setup, everything like that. And it just was never really the same. I never really got the same level of enjoyment out of throwing as I did when I was at home. It just like, the setup just wasn't right. And so I just fell out of love with athletics. I wasn't enjoying it. I wasn't getting any better anymore. And I was just like, and cause it's so, like when it's going well, it's so easy to do and you love it. But when it's not, going well and it hasn't been for a long time 
it's you trying to force yourself to go out in the rain and train by yourself mm. and I was just doing that more and more and I was just like this is not fun I, I'm not getting any enjoyment out of this anymore so I thought I would take a year out of athletics so I did um, and then I had my year out where I just like didn't do any sport I was just like chilling but then I got sad because I was like okay so what I don't do sport anymore like is that what we're saying like I, ha I don't have a sport now so that's when I was like right I need to find a new hobby um, I didn't know that I was going to find a new sport, but I was just like, I need something to occupy my time. So I started like, <laughs> I started doing stuff like I started knitting again, started doing open mics. Like I then, you know, I was just trying to do something to fill my time. Um, and people, people had always sort of said to me like, oh, you should play rugby. And I was like, who's playing rugby? No one's playing rugby here. What are you doing? They're like, no, no, you should play rugby. Like you'd be really good at it. And I was like, who told you that? I can't run. Because the joy of the joy of throwing is that you don't have to run. I was like, yeah. I haven't run in years. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? So they're like, no, 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 do rugby. You should play rugby. And I was like, oh, whatever. Um, and then one of the girls I was living with on outplacement is friends with one of the girls who plays at Bears, who also played at my uni. So I got into rugby through uni rugby. And because she was such good friends with her, she was like, oh, my friend plays for uni and she plays for the Bears. Oh my God, you should go. Oh my God, I'm going to tell her you're going to go to uni training. And I was like, why would you tell her that? She's like, no, no, no. I'm going to tell her to look out for you. You're going to go. I was like, oh, fine, whatever. I'll go. So I just rocked up one Monday night to uni training, having never watched a match, never played before. Like, I just rocked up because I was like, well, if I go once and I don't like it, I won't go again. And that'll be that. But I went and it was cool, like, and I enjoyed just like meeting people and like the social side of it. Um, so I trained for, with, with uni for a couple of weeks. And then one of the coaches was like, ah, oh, you should play a match. And I was like, how? I don't know the rules. What are you talking about? I don't have a position. What are you talking about? He's like, no, 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 no. that's not important. Just go, just play one of the matches with the threes. And I was like, oh, fine, like, what else am I doing? <laughs> so we rock up on this match day. And I was just like, listen to me, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know any of the rules. And he was like, listen, just run forward, pass backwards. That's all I want you to think about. <laughs> so I was like, fine, okay. And, I, and I'd only had, I'd only just bought boots. I'd only done like two contact sessions. Like, I really didn't know what I was doing. But I was like, whatever, fine. So <laughs> we got to this match and the first half was like, it was all right. Like, it was cool. Um, <laughs> because all I'd done in in like training with uni was touch. So anytime I was getting touched, I was just going straight down. And so <laughs> at half time, at half time, <laughs> the, so this coach was like the coach for the twos and the threes. Coincidentally, the first team coach was there watching. Um, and so he pulled me aside and was like, Simi, I think you can run through these girls. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, you know that like, if they touch you, like that's, that's not a tackle. Like they have to like hold you down. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> no one like, told I you never, that <laughs> no one told me I'd never watched the match I'd never played like before how was I gonna know that so he was like yeah no like run through them I was like ah oh, say less okay so <laughs> second half starts now they kick off and it comes to me and I just take off bang try I was like oh this is it <laughs> I was like, oh, they told me. <laughs> I was like, oh, you messed up. You shouldn't have told me. <laughs> I think I scored four or five tries that in that second half. 
And he was like, you're training with the ones from now on. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I still don't know what I'm doing. He's like, doesn't matter. Gonna start training with us. And that was that. And so once, once I found that out, I was like, ah, oh, this is my sport. Let's go. <laughs> and I've not looked back since. Um, so I played that first season with uni. This is going to sound big headed, but it's like, I kind of just burst onto the scene and like no one, no one knew anything about me. I just appeared out of nowhere. I was just like making all these big runs and stuff like that. And I was like, who is she? And I think somehow or another, my bear, like the Bears team like heard about me. I don't know. I actually don't know how that happened. Um, but the head coach came and watched some of our uni matches. Like she comes to watch the uni matches anyway, but so then she saw me play and was just like, do you want to come and trial for Bears? And I was like, of course. And so I trialed for Bears in the summer of 2018 and they signed me August 2018. And that's it. That's, that's how we got there. So I feel like as you said that story, there were so many points where I was like, God, that's really similar to Anne and I, like the whole not having a clue, etc. And then it gets to the point where you actually get signed and get professional. I was like, yeah, that's, that's why the similarities stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The cluelessness is the same, everything else, absolutely not. Oh, no. <laughs> Joe, it is. Rugby's like provided a place for me to unapologetically be myself. Like, I think that's why I just gravitate towards it so much. Like, when I was growing up, it was really difficult for me to accept the fact that I'm a girl who loves sport, like, loves it. I love being competitive. I love being fiery. Like, I'm so passionate, like, all of that. And there were so few people around me that were like that and so rugby is finally a place where that is so celebrated and that is so like required like that aggression that fieriness that determination like all of the all of those things that are just who I am can really like flourish in rugby which is why I feel like I just took to it so quickly and now I, I can't remember my life before it and I can't imagine <laughs> my life without it it's really like I really wish I found rugby a lot sooner. I really do. I think we're both just like it obsessed. Wow. <laughs> like you're so cool. No. <laughs> no, it's cool. I really like the fact that you just like you own who you are and like you've had like this amazing trajectory and like into a well deserved spot into like a premier team. And for women's rugby, that's like a massive deal because there's only like 15 teams that are at that level out of like the whole of the UK so yeah we're in love with you and that's that <laughs> <laughs> so last episode Anne literally said I wanted to be a shot putter and I want to be an athletic yeah. track runner so you've fulfilled both of our dreams in one person <laughs> <laughs> I know when you said the shot put thing I was like oh my god this is just it's all coming it together it feels like every black girl done shot put at some point like what is going on <laughs> It's just like there's a treadmill of, oh, you're a black girl, you look athletic, shot put, bang. I don't know what it is. But then with that being said, there are so few black girls, like top level shot putters. It's all like the exactly. Eastern European country. It I don't understand where the disconnect is. I think it's the thing, like, you don't know about it on a professional level. I gem like, I knew obviously, like, there's Olympic level shot putters, but to get to that point, I literally had no idea how that works or like what to do. Uh, like, for rugby now, because I'm an adult and I can, like, research into things and stuff. Obviously, I know, like, I'm obviously playing at a grassroots level, but I know, like, the levels beyond that. 
But then when you're, it's just a shame. Like when you're young, there's not really anyone like pulling you towards that kind of trajectory. And I think especially with black girls, like I've grown up in London and there's just maybe a whole issue with like that trajectory upwards to like taking things further and it not just being on sports day. I think the issue is with athletics. Like there's Mm. no funding in athletics and the funding is for the glamorous sprinters or, you know, those glamorous events and those Dina Asher Smiths and, you know, Katrina Johnson Thompson's, that's where the funding is. And while it's great for them, that was one of the frustrations I had with throwing because like I said, like I was getting to like home international. So I got a couple of age group England vests and stuff like that. But British athletics, were more focused on people with meddling prospects. They didn't really care for people who, in my opinion anyway, they didn't really care for people just getting the experience and actually getting a taste for that global international athletic game and giving them their opportunity Mm. and just like inspiring them going forward. So, you know, there were seasons where I was, you know, in top three of my age group in the country for throwing, but then those global championships would come around and I wasn't getting a call. Not because, like, so the IAAF would set a standard, you know, like um, a qualification standard, mm. but British Athletics would always add like a metre plus onto that standard because they only wanted to take people that were going to medal. And while that is good and it should be like, okay, so I need to push myself to get to that standard. It just meant that I never really got a taste for the global athletics vibe. Like I never got a great British vest. I never got to compete for my country internationally. And that was just, I, you need that taste to keep pushing you forward, especially in, in an individual sport. You need something that's going to keep, keep you going because I'm not getting funded. I'm not getting paid to do this. Like everything I'm doing is like out of my own pocket, out of my parents' pocket. I'm taking up overdraft like to try and fund this athletic dream. Is it even worth it? You need, like you, I really wish I'd have had an experience or a chance to put on a GB vest and be like, oh, this is really where I want to be because maybe that would have pushed me to higher heights. And it's hard because I don't want to say like that's what you need to get there because like maybe I just was never good enough. I don't know. But it's hard when it just feels like you're not really getting a look in, especially when you're a thrower and all of their focus and advertising attention and sponsorships is going on the sprinters who have six packs and are really like in shape and don't look anything like you it's fine we move you've got rugby instead now exactly when, when i think about who i am and my personality it surprises me that i was able to stay in, in individual sport for as long as i could like i love the team sport environment i love it so much and i'm just i really was worried when i made the move initially because with being an individual athlete, like, it's all on you. You can take full accountability, like, but if I have a good day, nothing's going to mess it up and I'm going to perform well. And I was like, what if I have a really good day, but people in my team aren't having a good day, then, like, how's that going to work? Um, but actually, that's, that's not how I found it at all. I really love being in a team. I love that we push each other. I love that it's just a group effort and we're all here to pick each other up. And I just love the camaraderie that comes with being in a rugby squad. I love everything about it. Um, yeah, I I should have I should have been I should have been playing rugby from early, but it's all right. We got there in the end. 
And I feel like shot put and running are basically the main skills you need for rugby anyway. If you're already running really fast and you can throw things and you're fine. Same skills <laughs> there. Right. We move. We move. Basically That's you have it. been doing it since age young. That's what it needs. <laughs> I feel like you are like me and Jesse combined as a person. Yeah. <laughs> and, like pretty super woman. I might just call this the fangirling simmy episode because I feel like oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like everyone kind of says this in terms of like, wow, how do you do everything? And I'm just like, bro, I actually fell into everything. Like, mm. I don't really have a plan with my life. I just, I just kind of go with it and, and then look back and be like, oh, that was quite a good thing to turn, to turn up to do. Mm. Like, when I rocked up that first training session, I just wanted some new friends. Like, I just wanted some, some pals. Like, you know what I mean? And it ended up, I never thought it would end up to where it is now. And the opportunities that I've got through rugby and everything that's kind of come through with it it's just it's such a bonus but I just kind of just go with it and just do what I enjoy and just just crack on work hard and head down that's it playing at a prem level do you see a lot of other women that like look like you do you feel like you see a lot of women that look like you? um in some regards yes in other regards no so obvious is being black being dark skinned I don't see many of them um but I see strong women like both mentally and also physically I see women with muscles I see women who love the fact they have muscles I see women who are fiery who are determined who are unapologetic about you know how competitive they are and the fact that I'm going to hit you hard I'm going to make this line break I'm going to run hard and I just relate so much to those kind of people because growing up it was like I was like low-key starving myself to try and get skinny and try and get a thigh gap and all of that because that's what I was surrounded by and the athletic girls around me all had thigh gaps and all looked that kind of way and no one looked like me so I was like oh something's wrong with me I'm doing it wrong I need to look like them so Obviously, like, there's not as many black women at that premiership level as, as what we'd want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that, you know, we can work on, needs work for the future. But I relate to seeing women who train hard, who lift heavy, who love the fact that like, their quads are popping out of their shorts. Like, that's unheard of for me. Because before I was, like, trying to cover all of these things up and be like, bruv, don't look at my biceps. The fact that, like, okay... So when I first started uni, the first year I never wore a short sleeve. The only thing I wore on a night out was long sleeves or I'd wear a cardigan on top because the fact that you could see that I had biceps like really like would make me cry. Like I hated it. So the fact that I could get into sport and there are people like who look like me and love that about themselves as well. was just like, oh my God, I love it here. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? So no, I, 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 I do enjoy the fact that there are people that I can relate to a lot in rugby. Who inspires you the most? Okay, fine. <laughs> Serena Williams. <laughs> <laughs> and my mum and my sisters, of course. But like, if we're talking about like icons, it's got to be Serena. Mm. I have an unhealthy love for Serena. Like, honestly, if I talk about her too much, I'll cry. Like, what she's done for me in, her, in my life and the fact that she'll, she doesn't know who I am and she'll never know that... The, the impact she's had on my life is distressing, but 
She is my absolute sport hero. I love her with every fiber of my soul. Just to see like a black muscular woman who's dark skinned like me, got big boobs, big bum. Everyone's like, oh, why is she like this? Why is she like that? This, this, this. Chatting all sorts of rubbish about her. But then she goes and wins everything anyway. And it's yeah. just like, yeah, that's how I am. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like just unapologetically brilliant. And I love it. I love it so much. And I love her so much. It's unhealthy. It's ridiculous. Like I fangirl over her <laughs> to a ridiculous level. Like anytime she wins anything, I start crying. Like it's, it's really actually quite unhealthy. I need to get it together. She is my sporting hero. Like, oh, I can't even talk about her too much because it'll get me, it'll get, it'll <laughs> get, me, it gets me too emotional. Like I love her. I absolutely adore her and everything she stands for and all the adversity she's overcome, like her background, where she's from. The fact that, you know, you're one of the two like black women no one wants you to succeed. Your sister gets murdered. She had a PE, she almost died. She almost died giving birth. But yet she comes back every time. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just too much. The levels to it is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Like, ugh, it's too much. <laughs> Can't cope. <laughs> I think at some point, Anne's going to have to rename this podcast Savina Fan Club because yeah. Anne loves her possibly as much as you do, which is yeah. a whole about. <laughs> like, I, uh, I'm assuming she's listening and I'm assuming that she knows how much oh, we love her. And I think now that like we're together, like mm-hmm. our love will spread. I don't know. I love her so much. Unite that love in one. <laughs> <and> that. <laughs> Honestly. So obviously you're like a sprinter, shot putter, rugby player, and you said your sister is into tennis. So are your parents really sporty? Have they like kind of brought you up in that way? Or have you just all got really great genes and all taken on different <laughs> sports? <laughs> Don't ask my mum that because she'd be like, yeah, it all comes from my side of the family. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, do you know what? So my mum's really sporty now. Like she's she's a qualified PT. She's a doctor as well. But like she lost a load of weight by herself. And now like fitness is her, is her thing. She loves it. But I think growing up, we were ne- they were never really particularly sporty. But my parents have been so great in that they never said no to us in terms of anything we wanted to try out we were always given that that freedom so sports musical instruments like after school clubs anything we wanted to you know do or like try out to express ourselves they always gave us a chance to do that whether we stuck in it or not was down to us but I can't think that there's anything that I I look back and go I really wish I had a chance to do this or or play this or try this out because that's never been my parents have never said no in that regard. Like they just made it happen. Um, and we were allowed to pick and choose what it was that we wanted to do, what we were passionate about, what we enjoyed. So for me, it was sport. I mean, for all of us, it was a sport. Um, we used to do musical instruments as well. And that kind of like faded out after a while. But the main thing is just sport for all of us. And we've, over the years, each found our own sport. So I'm the oldest of four. So we all have like our own thing. Does it ever get competitive between you? Not now, because we don't do the same sports. But me me and Lizzie both used to do tennis. And this is a long, a long, painful story for me, because Lizzie was always so much better at tennis than I was. And I couldn't take it, which is what prompted me to go into athletics anyway. But 
it's fine we don't talk about it <laughs> <laughs> sorry for bringing it up <laughs> no it's fine it's just a lifelong trauma but it's okay no it's fine um it's not no it's not anymore I mean I don't even think it ever was it's just I couldn't take the fact that she was so much better than me I was like I have to, I have to bounce I have to go <laughs> which is the best thing for me because I found something that I'm better suited at and had I had I stayed in tennis I'd have never gone to track and field and then I'd have never got into rugby so it's fine mm. um and it's not competitive anymore because you know we, we all we all root for each other we all want each other to do the best we can you know and we all just inspire each other and, and, and keep cracking on um this is for both of you um Jessie I know you have a sister as well would you convince your siblings to come and play rugby with you and if so how would you convince them well, I have tried, so obviously I haven't convinced them very convincingly. Um, so I've got two, so they're seven and five years younger than me. And one I think would be a good forward, um, but she's quite a heavy smoker and has very little interest in exercise. But she, I'm still working on her. I think there's potential one day. Me, and then the youngest me. one, <laughs> I'll introduce her to you and you can inspire her. Um, and then my youngest one also lives in Bristol, actually, and she... I think I told you this before, Anne. We've got this um, teammate called Ehi, who's mm. amazing. And Ehi and my sister, in my mind, are almost identical. Like, they even walk the same. They kind of talk and kind of are always at kind of, like, chillness level um, as each other. And so I think whatever Ehi can do, my sister should be able to do. But again, she's not listened to my instructions of her joining rugby. <laughs> so I'm going to give them a few more years and see where I get to. But... Yeah, I, I don't really see why not, because it's really fun. And also, like we've said before, like anyone can play, really. I think you, you, you can develop a level of fitness that's required, but anyone can play in one position or another. It's just working out what position is best for your body type and skill set, I guess. Mm. So, yeah, it's my ongoing project. But I also like the security of being the athletic one of the family. I don't want them to overtake me and get better. So <laughs> only a little bit of encouragement will be given. I can't have that. So. Um, so for me, so they've all seen me play before. And Lizzie is very much so. So I'm 25, I'm the oldest. My sister Lizzie is going to be 22 soon. My brother James is 19 and my youngest sister's 13. So Lizzie, the 21-year-old, has seen me play. Um, and she was like, I can't, no, I can't do this. She's like, you're, she was like, <laughs> she watched me like run like head first into something. She's like, why are you doing that? And I'm like, that's just what you do. She's like, no, not for me. Thank you. No, no, no. And I'm like, yeah, fair enough. Danny, I don't know. Cause Danny is still like at that age where it's like, what do you like? She does a bit of everything. She's very, she's tall. She's rangy. Like she's got a good skill set. She plays tennis, she plays netball. You know, when I go home, I pass the rugby ball to and from. Like, she picked it up, like, so quickly. I was like, are you going to be a back? Like, you could be a winger. Like, do you know what I mean? So I kind of keep sort of dropping those little hints. Like, you could play rugby. But then on the other hand, I don't, I don't want to ever see anyone tackle my little baby. Like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> That's not okay. <laughs> so on one hand, it's like, oh, it'd be so cool if we, if we did the same sport. On the other hand, I'm like, I don't want anyone to ever hurt you in any way shape or form <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see I, I don't know my brother was really good at rugby and he was a really good winger his school were begging him to take it more seriously but he's a football boy so he was like no I don't want to do it he doesn't like the contact and his school were literally like pleading with him and he was like no I'll play it for school and then that's that 
but he I think he could have been really good but nah it's not it's not for him I think so. fear of contact is what makes you a good winger though like the only reason I can run fast is because I'm terrified for my life so it's like I can't have contact go 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 so maybe that could carry <laughs> on being a good thing for him this is it we hasn't played now for a number of years but I think that's probably what made him a good winger because he just hate like he just doesn't want it he doesn't want to tackle he doesn't want to be tackled like just leave him alone whereas I'm a complete like I don't necessarily love tackling but I'm not scared of literally running through people or trying to anyway like that's like I'll just try and run straight through you and if that works then fine if it doesn't well I'm gonna try again anyway <laughs> what about you Anne because you've got a few sisters haven't you how's that going um, they have all said no they're not interested <laughs> like even because i like watching rugby and during lockdown i've been like watching quite a lot on youtube and stuff and like they'll walk past and watch it for a bit and just be like <coughs> like it looks stupid that's what they always say <laughs> like i think they fail to see anything past the point of like scrums and tackling which is the parts that i love so then when i like try to explain it isn't just that like there are bits like um i've got four younger sisters and i would say that they're all more runners like they're more backs and I don't really understand that part of I don't get what people do at the back to be honest <laughs> not bad to be honest <laughs> in my head it's just like a whole other world back there and it's just one Honestly. that I'll never be involved in but <laughs> they're all just yeah they're more backs and I just haven't convinced them yet at all that you won't die playing the game but I think it doesn't help that the last proper game that I did play apart from like the friendly where we played each other before that I got like I tackled their biggest player and the player landed on my face and I had a massive nosebleed and was concussed <laughs> and like the pictures from it are just me with two tampons up my nose oh, <laughs> that and they're just like why like why like it's just there's no it's just undignified like I couldn't even like convince them at any point. Like I was like, talking to them whilst I was concussed, and they were just like, "This is, this is <laughs> not even getting paid. For it. You are paying to." <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? Like, yeah, like that. That is the bit I love. Like I love the contact space. I love it. But if you're trying to convince someone who doesn't love it to come and do it, you've got no valid reason yeah. to tell them why it's so great. <laughs> Why do I love throwing my head into locations my head's got no business being yeah. in? <laughs> Why do I love the fact that I end every game with cuts and bruises all over? I can't tell you why, but yeah. it's just the best thing ever and you should play this game. They're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How about no? And it's like, oh, okay. You're not, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> I always think that they'd be great at rugby. I think because we used to fight quite a lot when I was younger and they could like beat me. So I think if they could take, and I like to think I'm quite strong, if they can take me on, I think they could take anyone on, but you know, it's fine. Honestly. Keep their fighting skills to, well, they don't fight. Anymore, but yeah. That's so funny. I'm always amazed at how many like rugby playing families you get in the profession. Like mm. I'll be watching, it's like, oh, they've all got the same surname. And I must, I'm really intrigued to know what it must be like to play against like your cousin or your sibling and how that would work. So where on one hand, I'm like, yeah, I want my sisters to play. And then in reality, like if I had to be tackled by one of them, well, A, I'd be really angry, but also like, how would that work in terms of family dynamics? And would we be able to get past it? Probably depends who won. Like in my head, like, so because of the whole reshuffle with the Prem, 
and the setup and everything, we've had like a lot of people have gone to different places and had to leave and blah, blah, blah. And so like the prospect of having to tackle someone that you play with, like, or that you have played with or someone who's a really good friend, like, mm. I hate it. <laughs> I hate that aspect of I know you. I, yeah. d- I don't, I, I don't want to tackle you. I don't want you to tackle me. Like, can we just avoid each other pretty please? Like, I don't know how, I don't know how that works. I don't know how they do it. I think maybe I'm a bit of a psycho in that I love that. I love, I <laughs> play a lot better when I'm playing against people that I do know and that I can hurt them and I know it'll be fine. Like, they'll be fine. I know they're, I don't know. <laughs> like, it's really it's weird. Sad. Like, like, when we had the Hackney versus Hackney game, I feel like I played so much better in that game because it is like girls that I know and I know I can. I don't know. I, I feel less guilty hurting them. That's, but that's weird, isn't it? No. Is it because you know who the weakest ones are in a group to target? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah I can true. take them on, don't worry. Again, <laughs> that's true. Justine and she'll... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that is very true. I don't need to go for. <laughs> yeah. I am no. thinking about that now. I'm like, that is quite weird that I feel like, more comfortable tackling people that I do know. No, but then it's also like, okay. you don't want them to get the one-up on you. It's like, yeah. oh, I don't want you going back to your squad talking about, oh, I did this, this, and this to Anne because I know mm. how she plays. Now, yeah. <laughs> let me throw you one time real quick so you know who you, who you mess with. <laughs> different strokes for different folks. Yeah. Embrace it. That's, that's what makes you you. That's how it makes you the player you are. You're amazing. You Attractivist player, Anne. Yeah. <laughs> A very mediocre player. No, no such thing. <laughs> I miss playing rugby. I really do. Like, I feel like I've kind of forgotten forgotten what it is not forgotten what it is but it's just like it doesn't feel as like it's been really nice doing the podcast and like um getting to talk about it loads but it doesn't like feel as much a part of me as it used to if that makes sense which yeah. is really weird how are you guys getting through that or like do you feel the same or <laughs> i just had a small breakdown recently <laughs> i just panicked like I'm a bit of an overthinker, um, which is good and also very bad at the same time. Um, and just the thought of, so when ugh, they're hoping the season can come back in about October, but by that time, it will literally have been 10 months since my last Prem match. Mm. I last played a Prem match. I last played a match full stop in January. So the thought of, ha- of coming back after 10 months out terrifies me. Mm. Like in my head, I'm going to snap all of my ligaments I'm going to break three bones and I'm just not going to be the player that my team think I am. And they'll be like, wow, bruv, why are you so terrible? And I'll be like, I'm so sorry. I don't know what's happened. Like, I'm so terrified that I'm going to come back and be so unfit, so out of shape, can't do any of the things that I normally can do just because it's been so long. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it just terrifies me. But it's weird because it's like, I really miss rugby and I really want rugby to come back. So it's a really weird dynamic in that I really miss rugby and I really want it to come back ASAP. But I'm also terrified of when it comes back. Mm. It's a very weird space, but it's fine. It will be okay. <laughs> just have to <laughs> just have to be all right with it. But yeah, it's been a really weird, like it's, and it's really sort of manifested for me in these last couple of weeks that I've just been like, I'm terrified of rugby coming back. <laughs> Absolutely terrified. 
<laughs> I would say I feel exactly the same. And I think especially because at the beginning of lockdown, so we have a WhatsApp group that's all about fitness, so people sharing tips and workouts. And so many people went full on beast mode with their fitness at the beginning of lockdown. And you're just like, oh my God, there's no way I'm going to be able to keep up. And for a while, it's like, yeah, I'm doing exercise every day. But where that's completely fallen by the wayside, I'm like, I, I just don't think I can go back because there's going to be so much like catching up to do. I'm just like, oh my God. But I do think, so my recurring injury is like this knee thing and it's not major, but it seems just like kind of pop out of place and stuff. And I do think it's now almost psychological because we had a sort of really mini training day put in a few weeks ago. And I was like, yeah, I can go. And then literally the day before my knee popped out again, I was like, oh no, I'm going to have to miss training. So I feel like I need to like get over it in my head to be able to actually move on physically from it. Because at the moment it seems to be a very subconscious but convenient excuse to get out of training when there's there's a real fear there <laughs> just terrifying I'm finding it really like disheartening because obviously like the only thing we can really do is run and I'm not a runner in that sense like I run fast I get tired fast but I recover fast everything I do is quick but then trying to like do conditioning and stuff that's really not me but I've been trying like I've been doing it because like <clears throat> that's all we can do and like I don't want to you know slide back on that and I do want that aspect of my game to improve but it's just really disheartening for me because how I keep in shape is I lift heavy like I go ham in the gym like I love to lift weights I love to lift weights heavy but obviously not being able to do that all I can do is run but my body doesn't really in my mind I don't think my body really responds to running so I feel like I'm putting on so much weight which is pure fat I'm stressed from work so I eat everyone's given NHS free stuff at the minute and all they're given is like free cakes and I'm just like I'm not in a position to turn down anything free that's that's just not who I am I'm eating more like and I just don't feel like I, I, I struggle to get that same intensity from just training like I'm a train for matches kind of girl like I train hard because I play hard like that's me so you take away games you take away like when are we going to play again and just it's, I find it I'm finding it very difficult to get myself into that sort of mind space of you need to train with intent like and I do I I feel like I do try try and train with intent but it's just not the same as when you're with your team or when you're on the pitch for a match like it can never be the same and my body likes intensity so all this all this small small running that I'm doing my body's just like what what is this so no i'm with you on that my only motivation is to not embarrass myself in front of teammates so if i'm not if that's not happening then i'm like well it's just me who's accountable to myself and so that doesn't really do anything and yeah anything that involves longer than like five minutes of running is just too much for me we got a group um strava group that i thought yeah this would be good so that's all some people each like of their thing they're doing an hour run I was like no I can't be part of this I'm sorry I can't be part of this I I can't be part of this (laughs) people are doing like marathons like I just understand the point in doing like how can you run 26 miles like what that's no functional skill and why running blows my like I just it makes no sense to me whatsoever because I think life you only need to learn how to run 5k maybe that's what I keep saying to myself. You don't need to run 10K ever in life. If you're getting chased by an animal, um, they'll get you after like 5K. That's what I keep telling myself. 
Uh, and also you're only doing the 5k for the instagram like there's nothing else so beyond (laughs) that you're fine anything over anything over that you're just showing off but i just don't understand there's like someone that i follow on strava and they like do marathons like fairly regularly and like half marathons and i'm just like there's no reason anyone ever has to run 30 miles like i cannot like it makes absolutely to me but you know each to their own (laughs) and the thing that kills me is is people in my position (laughs) <laughs> Some of the people who play my position are out there doing like their long runs, and I'm like, bro, I can't even throw the excuse of, oh, I'm not a bat. Like, what are you doing as a prop going for a run? Are you crazy? Don't embarrass us here. What are you doing? Like, <laughs> at the beginning of lockdown, I was doing like 5Ks, like, I was doing couch to 5K, and then I started actually doing a couple of 5Ks, and then my hip started hurting. <laughs> like recurring hip injury that I have and then I was just like why like and then afterwards when I was trying to get back into it I was like this is pointless like I, I can't be asked it's just no. I genuinely don't think I've convinced myself that running distance isn't actually that great for your body like I never feel good after it whereas like after a hit or something like okay I'm exhausted but I can feel the benefits yes. and yeah. I don't get that after a long run I just feel achy my joints feel tired it's yeah I'm, I'm convinced I'm it's unhealthy I'm very much a trained to function kind of person so yeah. all the training I do is because I want to see how it directly applies to my performance on match day. So for me, long runs, I'm like, what is the point? Like, I'm, 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 this is not, I'm not going to do this in a match. It's not applicable for me. Like, mm. obviously I get it in terms of like improving your aerobic engine and stuff like that. And that I can, I can get along with, but it's just like, if I'm going to run a 5, 10K in a match, it's going to be in short sprints. So shouldn't I just do short sprints repeatedly? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I need to see the relevance <laughs> I need to see like okay this is why I need to do this as opposed to like the sort of you just step outside like you open your front door in some gym kit and you just start running just until <laughs> like that blows my mind that couldn't I could never be me it blows my mind <laughs> absolutely not why and I'm flat-footed so it's just pain <laughs> pain for no real reason no no honey I can't do it I think we need to call this podcast rugby runner rugby players against running it's it's ridiculous why running is not compulsory in rugby (laughs) the way I play it I can just tell if my SNC coaches listen to this they'll be like all right so that's how you feel all right cool Do you feel that women's rugby is getting um, more airtime? And have you noticed any shift in terms of its popularity since you've been in the game? I think women's rugby is on the up in a big way. And I think I'm really hopeful that it's not going to be long until it's at least semi-pro at club level. And I really hope that happens because that's part of like my five-year <laughs> plan <laughs> that I can do medicine part-time because rugby at least will be at least like part-time. That's what I'm hoping but I think women's rugby for a long time has has been like the fastest growing sport in the UK or something like that because it's just getting so much more attention and people are buying into it in a big way um and you know seeing like the Red Roses up on Sky Sports and like having their, their test series all like televised is incredible because that's like wow we just need to get more eyes on women's rugby and that's how we're going to generate more income to then feed and filter into women's rugby at grassroots and women's rugby at club level. So I think we're on the up. It, it definitely feels like we're on the up. And even before lockdown and before COVID, every, obviously like 
when we were discussing what next season would look like, the changes that were being talked about were like, oh, we're really like, we're getting to that level where it's performance orientated. It's, you know, we're going to have certain things in place for us to perform and, you know, really push to be like a professional team. You know, it's very much that at Bears, it's like, oh, we, ex- we expect you to be like professional athletes. And I know that that's not always going to be possible in terms of everyone sort of got commitments outside of the game, but the mentality is of we're here to perform and we're here to be like athletes. Um, so it, it does feel like women's rugby is going in that direction. It's exciting. Yeah, for sure. Like, it is really exciting. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check out our Instagram at Black Girls Rock and stay tuned for the next episode. Bye.